0: Chapter six of the Holiday Case. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. The Holiday Case. A tale by Burton E. Stevenson. Chapter six. Godfrey's panegyric. I was quite dazed for the moment. A crowd of them in my room? I repeated. A crowd of whom, Mrs. Fitch? A crowd of reporters. They've been worrying my life out. They seem to think I had you hid somewhere. "'I hope you're not in trouble, Mr. Lester.' (laughs) "'Not the least in the world, my dear madam,' I laughed, and I breathed a long sigh of relief, for I had feared I know not what disaster. "'I'll soon finish with the reporters,' and I went on up the stair. Long before I reached my rooms I heard the clatter of voices and caught the odour of various qualities of tobacco. They were lolling about over the furniture, telling stories, I suppose, and they greeted me with a cheer when I entered.' They were such jovial fellows that it was quite impossible to feel angry with them and besides i knew that they were gentlemen that they laboured early and late at meagre salaries for the pure love of the work that they were quick to scent fraud or trickery or unworthiness and inexorable in exposing them that they loved to do good anonymously remaining utterly unknown save to the appreciative few behind the scenes So I returned their greeting smilingly, and sat me down in a chair which one of them obligingly vacated for me. "'Well?' I began, looking about at them. "'My dear Mr. Lester,' said the one who had given me the chair, "'permit me to introduce myself as Rankin of the planet. "'These gentlemen,' and he included them in a wide gesture, "'are my colleagues of the press. "'We have been anxiously awaiting you here, "'in order that we may propound to you certain questions.' "'All right, far away,' I said.' first we'd like to have your theory of the crime your work this afternoon convinced us that you know how to put two and two together which is more than can be said for the ordinary mortal the public will want to know your theory the great public oh but i haven't any theory i protested besides i don't think the great public is especially interested in me you see gentlemen i'm quite out of the case when we cleared miss Holiday, our connection with it ended but is miss Holliday clear he persisted is it not quite conceivable that in those two hours she was absent from her carriage she may have changed her gown gone to her father's office and then changed back again in that case would she not naturally have chosen a green gown since she never wore green oh, nonsense i cried that's puerile either she would disguise herself effectually or not at all i suppose if you were going to commit a capital crime You would merely put on a high hat, because you never wear one. I'll tell you this much. I'm morally certain that Miss Holliday is quite innocent. So, I believe, is the district attorney. But how about the note, Mr. Lester? What did it contain? Oh, I can't tell you that, you know. It's none of my business. But you ought to treat us all alike, he protested. I do treat you all alike. But didn't Godfrey get it out of you? Godfrey? "'I repeated. "'Get it out of me?' "'He stared at me in astonishment. "'Do you mean to tell me, Mr. Lester,' he questioned, "'that you haven't been spending the evening with Jim Godfrey of the Record?' "'Then, in a flash, I understood, "'and as I looked at the rueful faces of the men gathered about me, "'I laughed until the tears came. (laughs) "'Oh, so it was you,' I gasped, "'who chased us up Broadway.' he nodded yes but our horses weren't good enough where did he take you to the studio sixth avenue of course he cried slapping his leg we might have known boys we'd better go back to Dunk. well at least mr lester spoke up another you oughtn't to give godfrey a scoop but i didn't give him a scoop i didn't even know who he was didn't you tell him what was in the note not a word of it i told him only one thing "'And what was that?' "'That the person who wrote the note didn't know that Rogers was colour-blind. "'You are welcome to that statement, too. "'You see, I'm treating you all alike.' "'They stood about me, staring down at me, silent with astonishment. "'But,' I added, "'I think Godfrey suspects what was in the note. "'Why?' "'Well, his theory fits it pretty closely.' "'His theory? What is his theory, Mr. Lester?' (laughs) "'Oh, come!' i laughed that's telling it's a good theory too they looked at each other and i fancied gnashed their teeth he seems a pretty clever fellow i added just to pile up the agony i fancy you'll say so too when you see his theory in to-morrow's paper clever cried rankin why he's a very fiend of cleverness when it comes to a case of this kind we're not in the same class with him "'He's a fancy fellow, just the record kind.' "'You're sure you didn't tell him anything else, Mr. Lester?' he added anxiously. "'Godfrey's capable of getting a story out of a fence-post.' "'No, I'm quite sure I didn't tell him anything else. I only listened to his theory with great interest.' "'And assented to it?' "'I said I thought it plausible.' An electric shock seemed to run around the room. "'That's it!' cried Rankin. "'That's what he wanted.' "'Now, it isn't his theory any more. It's yours. Oh, I can see his headlines. Won't you tell us what it was?' I looked up at him. "'Now, frankly,' Mr. Rankin, I asked, "'if you were in my place, would you tell?' He hesitated for a moment, and then held out his hand. "'No,' he said, as I took it. "'I shouldn't. Shake hands, sir. You're all right. Come on, boys. We might as well be going.' they filed out after him and i heard them go singing up the street then i sank back into my chair and thought again of godfrey's theory it seemed to fit the case precisely point by point even and i started at the thought to miss holiday's reticence as to her whereabouts the afternoon before the whole mystery lay plain before me in some way she had discovered the existence of her half-sister had secured her address She had gone to visit her, and had found her away from home. It was probable even that the half-sister had written her, asking her to come, though in that case why had she not remained at home to receive her? At any rate Miss Holliday had awaited her return, had noticed her agitation, had perhaps even seen certain marks of blood upon her. The news of her father's death had pointed all too clearly to what that agitation and those blood-spots meant. She had remained silent that she might not besmirch her father's name, and also, perhaps, that she might protect the other woman. I felt that I held in my hand the key to the whole problem. Point by point, but what a snarl it was! That there would be a vigorous search for the other woman I could not doubt. But she had a long start, and should easily escape. Yet, perhaps, she had not started. She must have remained in town, else how could that note have been sent to us? She had remained then. But why? That she should feel any affection for Frances Holiday seemed absurd. And yet, how else explain the note? I felt that I was getting tangled up in the snarl again. There seemed no limit to its intricacies. So, in very despair, I put the matter from me as completely as I could, and went to bed. The morning's record attested the truth of Rankin's prophecy. I had grown famous in a night, for Godfrey had, in a measure, made me responsible for his theory, describing me with a wealth of adjectives which I blush to remember, and which I have even yet not quite forgiven him. I smiled as I read the first lines. A record representative had the pleasure yesterday evening of dining with Mr. Warwick Lester, the brilliant young attorney who achieved such a remarkable victory before Coroner Goldberg yesterday afternoon, in the hearing of the holiday case, and of course took occasion to discuss with him the latest developments of this extraordinary crime. Mr. Lester agreed with the record in a theory which is the only one that fits the facts of the case, and completely and satisfactorily explains all its ramifications. The theory was then developed at great length, and the article concluded with the statement that the record was assisting the police in a strenuous endeavour to find the guilty woman. Now that the police knew in which quarter to spread their net, I had little doubt that she would soon be found, since she had tempted Providence by remaining in town. Mr. Graham and Mr. Royce were looking through the record article when I reached the office, and I explained to them how the alleged interview had been secured. They laughed together in appreciation of Godfrey's audacious enterprise. "'It seems a pretty strong theory,' said our senior. "'I'm inclined to believe it myself.' I pointed out how it explained Miss Holliday's reticence, her refusal to assist us in proving an alibi mr royce nodded precisely as godfrey said the theory touches every point of the case according to the old police axiom that proves it's the right one chapter six